My name is Andranik Eskandarian, and you are listening to Tim Melly Talk. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Tim Melly Talk. I'm your host, Artif Dakhari. Really glad that you can join us. Hope everyone is doing well. It's our first podcast in a while, and really excited to have my good friend joining me once again, Arash Ostovari. Arash, thanks for taking the time to be on Team Melly Talk, man. Great to have you on the show. Hi, man. It's an honor to be with you again. Thank you. Thank you. Like I said, great to have you. And for this edition of TMLA Talk, we're changing things up a little bit, and we're actually focusing on Asian Champions League. And before we dive into the different groups, talking about the different um, Iranian clubs that are participating in Asian Champions League, uh, real quick, Arash, as we know, Asian Champions League has been increased to 40 teams. And... I'd like to know what your input on that is. I mean, were you when you heard this news? Did you, were you able to say something good? Were you kind of shaking your head? I mean, what was your what, what was your reaction? I mean, um, it's a good action to spread the football all over the Asia, giving chance to the countries that they never had chance to be part of the Asian Champions League. But I believe that it will lower the quality of the matches for a while. So uh, it got the advantages and disadvantages as well. But we shall see after one or two seasons that if it, is it really going to lower the quality of the Champions League or not? Yeah, I like that answer. And to be honest, I think that's pretty much, I think those are the most common answers, to be honest. And there will be some, there's obviously going to be some fans who were upset about it and against it from the very beginning. But at the same time, I think we're just seeing more and more tournaments, whether they're international or club, we're seeing more and more tournaments add more teams. It seems like uh, there's always going to be. See, it seems like more teams want to get, you know, the piece of that pie. They want to just, they, they want to see, you know, people want to see more teams participating. It looks like. Definitely, definitely. I'm going to jump from one group to another, and the first group I'm going to talk about is uh, Paris Police's group. I guess we can't be too surprised when that happens when talking about Iranian football. So, in Paris Police's group, Group E, uh, Paris Police is grouped with Al Wahda of uh, UAE, FC Goa of India, and Al Rayyan of Qatar. Now, when it comes to talking about players on Paris Police, you know, I'm not going to turn this into, you know, let's talk about players who've already retired from Team Meli, like Jalal Hosseini. But, you know, one player I do want to talk about is Shahriar Moganlu. And you know, it wasn't that long ago that he transferred to Santa Clara in Portugal. And, you know, let's not forget that you have experience playing in Portugal as well. But, and, but then when it comes to Shahriar Moganlu, you know, he's playing with Paris Police now on loan. So in your opinion, I mean, first, I'd like to know, I mean, tell me what you think of his uh, style of play as a footballer, but also, do you think he may have hurt his chances of being called up eventually to Tio Meli by leaving Portugal just to go play for Paris Police? By the matches that I saw from Shahriar Mohanlu, because I have been following him for like a few seasons, he has shown a very good, talented striker. And uh, I believe that he has a very good physique as a striker as well. So uh, there are a lot of uh, positions that he can use his body very well. But about his move to uh, Portugal and then his return to Iran, I don't think that he burned the chances of the national team. And it might be even a window for him to national team as well. If uh, the, the national team head coach is going to see the league very well and he can perform in a level that we expect from him to play, he might be even he might be even considered for a national team. It will be a bit tough because of his position. We have uh, we have traffic in national team right now in uh, strikers, 
So, but, but I believe that by coming back to Persepolis, he'll be seen more. I definitely see your angle and what, what, you're, what you're trying to say in terms of exposure. Yes, playing for Persepolis, obviously, you're playing for, you know, one of the giants. You know, of course, we, we know which other team we're talking about. But yes, playing for Persepolis, that just means you're getting all the exposure you can get when it comes to playing, when it comes to Ir- Iranian football. Yeah, yeah, true. All right, so... Of course, we'll be keeping an eye on how Shahriar Moganlu does with Paris Police. And, of course, naturally, Iranian football fans who always like to keep track of the Legionnaires will want to see, um, you know, when he eventually goes back to Portugal. But on that note, let's go now to Esteglal's group. And so far in uh, Asian Champions League, Esteglal grouped, with, grouped in a Group C with Al-Duhail of Qatar, Al-Ahli of Saudi Arabia, and Al-Shorta of Iraq. Now, I got two players to talk about from Esteglal. And surely you can't be surprised about the first one, and that is Mehdi Egaidi. And he's already been he's already been called the, he's already been called up to Team Ali. I like what he brings to Iran. You know, I remember he, he did score a goal against Bosnia in that friendly match not too long ago. But one the thing I want to ask you about is where do you think Mehdi Egaidi is most effective? I mean, do you like seeing him play as a winger or as an attacking midfielder? I believe that Mehdi is uh, a winger for sure because he can escape from uh, midfielders very easy. He can escape from offside very easy. He got the technique and speed that a winger needs and uh, even above Asian level. So uh, I can say that Mehdi Ghadi is the best choice as winger for national team at the moment rather than than an attacking midfielder. Now, while still staying on the topic, of course, on Mehdi Egaidi, lots of times people comment on his size. He's a shorter player. Does that is that something that you know in all your years, um, you know, being um, involved with football, is this something that where you're sometimes able to realize that maybe some coaches may not want to call him up because of his size? There, there is some point of view in Iran like this that coaches naturally like the physical players in any position. But I mean, Mehdi technique and speed is in a level that uh, no coach can close eyes on him. So uh, I, I think uh, no, in any situation, because of his quality, his level, uh, his physique is not going to make any problem for him. And sometimes it can be even an advantage for him because it will be, it'll be hard to catch for the defenders. You know, from my point of view, you know, as, as you know, of course, you said you mentioned earlier traffic with in Timo Meli. Of course, we're talking about the striker position, even at the winger position. So in your opinion, do you feel that at this moment, you know, let's just say we fast forward, you know, it's, it's going to be you know, we're getting closer and closer to the World Cup qualifying. Do you see Mehdi Gaidi being uh, most uh, useful for Iran as one of those super substitutes off the bench? He can, it depends, it's totally depends on the national team coach and the formation that they're going to play. Because uh, the Scottish hand is very open now, especially in our attacking side. His hand is quite open. So uh, he can be a super substitution or he, he can even start in first 11, depend on the formation that we're going to enter to the matches. And I'm sure that definitely it will be attacking for formations because we, we, we really need to win in these matches. When I said earlier, we've got two players to talk about. Yeah, here's that next player. Left back, Mohamed Naderi. Now, he's been doing pretty well lately with Esteglal, scoring a few goals in Champions League. And he also had a stint with Kortrijk in Belgium. 
But, you know, when he came into play for Milad and Mohammadi in that World Cup qualifier against Iraq, he was not looking good at all. And, you know, what I see Mohamed Naderi, to me, from my opinion, I feel like he doesn't have that good mold or that good fit of being a left back. He's a pretty tall player. And I just remember him not doing well. I mean, trust me, plenty of Iranian football fans had a lot of negative things to say with how he, regarding how he played against Iraq. But, like I, but now, of course, I don't want to keep repeating so much. But based on how he's been playing better lately, you know, scoring a few goals in Champions League, do you think he des- do you think he deserves to be called up to TMLE just to be given that chance again? Well, uh, to answer this question, I have to say uh, something to you first. That I believe that Mohamed Nadri was what I called rebuilt in Esterlal. So uh, I, I totally admire his decision of moving from Persepolis to Esterlal. I'm sure that a lot of fans doesn't fans doesn't like that at all, especially Persepolis fans. But he, he was totally rebuilt in Esterlal because I believe that the confidence goes back to him there. He he, he felt trusted in Esterlal, that that team that he never felt in Persepolis. And uh, it was a time that by having you, Persepolis got another defender and, and he, he lost more self-confidence as well. So when he, he came to Esterlal, they gave him, he felt trusted and uh, that was the start of his revolt. I, I would think that Mohamed Nadari definitely deserved a co-op to a national team. He's young, he has a lot of years to go. He can be a very experienced defender in a few years if we trust him and he can be useful for the national team as well. Well, all right, we'll have to keep an eye on how he's doing with Esteglal. Now, let's talk about someone from Traktor. And, you know, I'm so used to saying Traktor Sazi, but I know they did change the name. But like I said, I'm so used to the original name. So Traktor is in Group B with Sharjah of UAE, um, Al-Gua Al-Jawiya of Iraq, and Paktakor Tashkent of Uzbekistan. Now, you know, with Traktor, they really have not been that impressive. Uh, part of me wants to say. Part of me wants to say it, that it's a lot of it has to do with head coach Rasul Khatibi, but I'm not. I'm not going to use this time to you know throw shots at him. But I want to talk about Ashkan Dejaga, and you know he's still he's been playing in Iran a good amount of years, but it seems like he's basically done with Team Ali. And I'm pretty sure I'm not sure how much you would remember with this, but I think there was one time he had something on his social media where he said he did not want to be part of that he was not going to be part of. And, but, you know, from your point of view, would you still like to see him come play for Iran because of the experience he has? Or do you think this is a situation where Iran just needs to move on from him because he's already older? Well, I, I totally respect Ashkan. And I still believe that when he came to national team, he was one level higher than all the players we had by that time. So uh, totally, he, he served the national team as well. And, uh, but I believe that at this point, it will be a bit uh, hard for, uh, for, for Ashkan to come back to the national team because we, we have, in that position, we already have like younger players, more energetic. And uh, Ashkan is aging and he's, uh, I believe that he's not showing the quality that we expect from him in the previous years. And that's normal for a player who is like aging, definitely. So uh, I don't think that it will be a chance for Ashkan to be part of the national team at this period. You know, for me, from my point of view, I, part of me says that I could see where he would be called up because of his experience. But at the same time, 
I, I don't think I could get bothered if he did not get called up. But, but, but regardless of that, of course, we appreciate everything he's done for Team Melee, and that's, and that's the bottom line. Definitely, definitely. We appreciate everything he's done, but that's how it is now. It's really very hard. Because you have to consider the play, players that we have in that position right now. Absolutely. And, you know, you, we talk about having a lot of players, or, you know, that's, you know, we're using the word depth, you know, talking about having lots of depth at certain positions. Yeah. But when it comes to the national team, there's also not a lot of select. There's, there's also not a lot of availability or too many choices at the wing back positions. You know, talking about left back and also even right back. And that's actually one thing I forgot to mention, where I said that maybe Mohamed Nadari will definitely get called up eventually, just because there's not so many choices at left back. That's where I would. Yeah, say, yeah. That's where I would say maybe he would get called back. So going from a left back to right back, there's a player I want to talk about from Fulad. And, you know, for Asian Champions League, Fulad is grouped with Al Nasr of Saudi Arabia, Al Saad of Qatar, and Al Wehdat of Jordan. And, you know, Fulad is, to me, Fulad is a solid team. I like, I, like the, I like the talent they have produced. I mean, I know in recent years they haven't been this, you know, world-beating club from Iran. But they, you know, they, they have that structure. They have that form to their team that I like, the shape of their team I like. And, of course... Javade Nekunam is their coach, and you have to really, and for, for, being a, for being huge Team Melee supporters, you always want to be keeping your eyes on how Nekunam is doing as a coach. You know, we don't want to just say, oh, okay, it's just Nekunam. No, I mean, Nekunam is a legend. Yes, I understand talking about players like Rasul Khatibi. Um, yeah, I understand, or, or Farhad Majidi. Okay, fine, you know, I guess I'm not going to be caring that much about how they're doing as head coaches. But yes, with Nekunam, that's a different story. But one player in general that I like to mention that I saw that he, you know, he, I liked what he bring what he brings on the pitch, and that is right back Saleh Hardani. And you know, he's like I said, he's a right back. I say I saw him score a goal in a Champions League playoff, and I think he's one of those players who's kind of been under the radar. And I, what is your opinion on him? Do you think he is Team Ameli material? Well, before everything, I have to say that. Uh in this recent matches, Fulat was quite impressive, and uh, they did a very great job. Honestly, I didn't expect that, but they, they were really impressive. That ad- admire everyone in Iran, admire them. Um, and about about Hardani, I, I have to say that definitely he deserves a call. I mean, uh, it's very it's very soon and very early to say that if he will be team Mali material, but. He definitely deserves a co-op to be tested maybe in our friendly matches to see if, if, he, if he can be a, a player for national team. So, uh, yeah, he can be co-op and be seen by, by the national team coach if, if he is really... Because a lot of times, Dragon Spotich has said that he's following the young players and he, he, he want to like see who can be fit in the national team. So we have to see. And, you know, he's 21 years old. He can play, he's a right back, but he can also play as a right winger. I mean, I don't think, like we said before, we know there's plenty of uh, depth at the winger position for Iran, especially, like we said, there's plenty of depth there. But yeah, you know, he's a right back and he's 21 years old. And, you know, when looking at what he's done, looking at his CV, it's, I don't even see that he's even made appearances for Iran at even youth levels. But, you know, these things happen sometimes. It doesn't mean, you know, not every player that plays for Iran has to always be going through those youth those youth levels. Yeah, it, it happens. Has been a lot of players that who never played for Iran in the youth level, but they have been playing in the senior level and they have been fixed player of the national team as well. 
All right. Well, we're getting ready to wrapping up this edition of TMLA Talk. Obviously, Arash, I appreciate you taking the time. And it's very early um, in this tournament of Asian of the 2021 edition of Asian Champions League. But you know, if you were to make a prediction about you know the four Iranian clubs that we talked about, I mean, which one do you think has the best chance of winning this edition of Asian Champions League? I still believe that Persepolis has have a lot to set, say in this tournament as well. But uh, Estelal also can can really can really perform well because uh, they they were impressive as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, scoring lots of goals. I mean, that's something that we really want to see. I mean, bottom line is just want to see all the all the Iranian clubs perform to you know top levels. It'd be great to see all of them get to the knockout stage. But we obviously got to wait and see what happens. Definitely, definitely. Well, Arash, I'd just like to thank you for taking the time to join me on TML Talk. Always a pleasure to have you on the show, man. Thanks, man. I wish you a great time. Thanks for calling me up in this edition. Absolutely. And thank you, everybody, for the support. Really do appreciate it. Make sure you get to our website, www.teammelitalk.com. You know where to find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You know the handle, at Team Talk. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We'll see you on our next edition of Team Talk.